Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. We're coming to you live tonight. Uh, if it's not we, it's at least me. And that is on this Monday, July 18th, 2022. If everyone is doing well out there, I am your host, Mr. C. And I am uh, glad to be here along with you all on this evening's rendition of The Sea Report. Welcome and, to... Oh, uh, hey, 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 calm down there now. Calm down there. Uh, sorry, just checking the sound, ladies and gentlemen, checking the sound. Uh, but I hope everyone is doing well. We are coming to you guys live on um, multiple platforms, including... Uh, Pill.net, Rumble.com, Twitch.tv, the Foxhole.app, and Clouthub. Dot. Clouthub, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, a busy weekend this weekend, filled with many things and uh, turns and twists, ladies and gentlemen. You know how it goes. It is Monday night here in a very uh, humid and roasty type of uh, Texas town, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but uh, uh, make no mistake, we do have some round of news for you guys tonight. Uh, was live a little bit earlier today. Uh, did a rendition of Lone Star News. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, well... All we did was talk about, um, you know, the butts of life. The butt of the joke, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, just getting down to some of those uh, once unknown, once unseen type characters, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that was actually about Charles Butt. Uh, president, CEO, owner, operator, heir, whatever you want to call him to the H-E-B grocery um, family, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, interesting to see what that feller is up to, right? Someone that you don't always hear about out there in the bouts. But yeah, so uh, yeah, Lone Star News happened earlier today. It was fun. It was exciting. It was uh, very well worth the time. Go check it out. It'll be back at some point in the future, I have no doubt. Lone Star News from Mr. CTV. Ladies and gentlemen, don't think I have too much by way of housekeeping up to start. Pretty sure our sale ended over at Mr. CTV. Shop Mr. CTV. Yep, yep, yep. Just real quick. Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, best way to get there, you go to thecreport.com, you click on store, and you will be uh, tunneled your way to Shop Mr. CTV, the official online merchandise store of uh, Mr. CTV, The Sea Report, and any associated broadcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, a lot of fun items over there. The sale is over, actually. We had a sale. It was a 1776 sale. We might actually extend that. I'll let you guys know by tomorrow. Uh, because the uh, podcasting audience scarcely got to hear about the sale. And that is, uh, in fact, the very definition of unfair. 
and unbalanced um, audience uh, attention span-ish towards them from me. So anyways, in other words, ladies and gentlemen, we might expand the sale. I'll let you guys know by tomorrow. Pick up your favorite Mr. Uh, C swag over at shop Mr. C store and uh, the crreport.com is your best way to that. Oasis, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll get some more designs coming in soon, but yeah, definitely uh, we'll let you guys know about extending that sale where you can get 17% off all the merchandise over at Shop Mr. C. And all you've got to do is go visit thecereport.com to find out more about it. And well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You have yourselves a stew going. You know we Texans love our stews, don't you? So anyhow, guys, yeah, it's been a very good Monday. Uh, uh, you know, when, uh, the weekend was uh, its own thing with family and then also just, uh, you know, the whole human body doing its thing, ladies and gentlemen. You just, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know. So uh, let's see here. We are going to get some President Trump statements. Go, Whoa. Ha! Before we get the President Trump statements going, actually, I might want to share with you guys this little bit of information. You may not have known it, ladies and gentlemen, but we are going to get hit by an asteroid. No, just kidding. Uh, they need to readjust the camera. Now, this is something that's new here. Let me uh, let me uh, expand your focus there. Yeah, apparently there's like this 11 mile wide comet you can barely see it here you can't even see it on my screen actually uh but it's heading towards earth right now as we speak it's called the k2 <laughs> k2 guys that will knock you off your feet look there you can see it in the screen there behold the comet that is approaching earth uh right now at this hour as i uh share with you guys what this thing is all about it says watch live here a huge 11 mile comet will fly by earth in july and you will be able to see it a comet first spotted in the distance in 2017 might finally but be within view soon of amateur astronomers the comet's backstory Astronomers first spotted the comet in 2017 using the Pan-STARRS survey instrument in Hawaii. At the same time, they said it was the farthest active inbound comet. Mm -hmm. Farthest active inbound comet they'd yet seen. It was between the orbits of Saturn and Uranus when they first saw it. Now it's in the inner solar system with closest approach to Earth on July 14th. The comet will be closest to the sun several months later on December 19th, 2022. With a small telescope, you should be able to spot the uh, comet throughout the summer. Comets are mostly rock and ice. They uh, become active when warmed by the sun. However, the comet uh, was already active in 2017. The Hubble telescope took an image of the comet looking like a fuzzy snowball while it was still in the outer solar system. 
So this is a uh, video image of a flyby comet, uh, COVID-1917. No, it was a C slash 2017's K2. So, I mean, if it was supposed to be the closest or passing by the Earth on the 14th, then this thing is already a flyby comet. Here, do you guys want to hear the music? Flyby Comet C slash 2017 C2 K2. The comet of your dreams, ladies and gentlemen, will take you places you never thought you'd go before. That's right. Comet C slash 2017 K2. Join the club, why don't you? I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Um. I have no idea how that is registering, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, the sound system. But, uh, well, there you have it. And that actually has absolutely nothing to do with today's news, ladies and gentlemen. But I thought it was interesting enough uh, to share with you before we got into today's story. So long, Comet C slash 2017 K2. It was fun to know you. Bon voyage into that journey into the sun, my friend. Bon voyage. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. Okay, <laughs> enough about that, ladies and gentlemen. It seems that I have uh, enticed Cooper Jr. to appear. There was an asteroid that hit northern Italian Alps about 36,000 or 3600 BC that made Sorrente Crater Lake eight miles maybe caused the flood? Question mark. I couldn't tell you, Cooper Jr. I was not around in 3600 BC. But what I can say is, hey, creative writer, what's up? Thank you for gifting the can. Uh, creative writer says, that's no comment. That's a light shining through the firmament. And nope, not drinking yet. Very good. Very good, creative writer. So that is a light poking through the firmament. You know, that is something else I could not uh, confirm nor deny creative writer. However, I do appreciate the can. And as you have gifted said can, I would suggest you get to drink it. And thank you again. Glad you guys could be joining us. We're about to dip into today's Sea uh, Report, actually. Uh, we only got a couple of statements uh, to make uh, on behalf of said president. Actually, the first statement I should make on behalf of myself, right? Of all of the people 
to make a statement on behalf of perhaps myself would be the best one to begin with. A uh, statement on behalf of myself. How about we uh, get this one? Let's do, oh God, I am so tempted. You have no idea. We'll start with this one. Uh, to the loss of Ivana Trump, or Ivana Trump, I should say, uh, my heartfelt condolences to the Trump family. I am like, what, about four days removed? Well, you know, you know, I had, um, we had stuff going on here, not to mention, ladies and gentlemen, not to mention, uh, I did have Ivana confused with someone else, but Ivana Trump, and actually that's one of President Trump's statements today. She's like, you dastardly Mr. C, how dare you? How dare you? Here's a younger Ivana Trump. We're going to do our um, homage to Ivana, mother of Junior, Eric, and Ivanka. Right. She looks like, uh, what's that actress's name? She looks like this actress that, uh, that we know of. What's her name? What is her name? I like, I enjoy her work, actually. But uh, anyways... There is a younger Ivana Trump. So uh, one of the... Uh, we'll, we'll leave that one on the screen for you guys. How about that? One of the... Um, uh, how you say... I don't know. How do you say? Uh, no, you, you know, just uh, one of the statements. That's, what, that's the word we're looking for. One of the statements from uh, President Trump for today ladies and gentlemen, is about Ivana, four days removed, but uh, better late than never. Only one of two. So we'll get those on the screen for you all, ladies and gentlemen, in a half no time. But yes, heartfelt condolences uh, for the Trump family and those uh, who were friends and... Uh, loved ones of and for and by Ivana, ladies and gentlemen, is what I wanted to say. I got her confused with Joan Rivers, okay? So sue me, all right? <laughs> sue me, okay? Sue me. Uh, still working, says creative writer, will enjoy a refreshing adult beverage when I'm done working for today. You go and get yours, creative writer. Go and get yours. Uh, Cooper Jr., thank you so much for the cookie. giving, Gifting me a cookie for luck, says Cooper Jr., plus 17. Not 17 plus, but plus 17. If that's the way it goes, that's the way it goes. Uh, okay, so we have got now a Trump statement on the board. Uh, let's take a gander, ladies and gentlemen. Let us take a gander. All right, it goes this way, ladies and gentlemen. I am very saddened to inform all of those that loved her, of which there are many, that Ivana Trump has passed away at her home in New York City. She was a wonderful, beautiful, and amazing woman who led a great and inspirational life. Her pride and joy were her three children, 
Daniel Jr., Ivanka, and Eric. She was so proud of them, as uh, we were all so proud of her. Rest in peace, Ivana. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Just thought I would share that with you all. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, so we have a secondary statement from President Trump for today, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this one's about golfing, apparently. So uh, let's see what President Trump has to say about golfing. Yes, it could be enjoyable. It says here, um, all of those golfers that remain loyal to the very disloyal PGA in all of its different forms will pay a big price when the inevitable merger with LIV comes and you get nothing but a big thank you from PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. If you don't take the money now, you will get nothing after the merger takes place and only say how smart the original signees were. Good luck to all and congratulations to really talented Cam Smith on his incredible win. I could uh, provide you guys absolutely nothing on Cam Smith. I can say that for a fact, but what I can say is uh, there seems to be some kind of business wheelings and dealings going on here. A uh, statement worth the share, ladies and gentlemen. A statement indeed. Um, uh, fitting those far more initiated into this uh, merger of uh, sports worlds here of some sort. LIV and PGA golfing uh, things, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure it's a very most definite interesting story. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Our two Trump statements for today. Uh, we'll have a whole lot more uh, coming up from President Trump. Actually, you know, we do have actually a whole lot of Trump this afternoon. Rest in peace, dear Ivana. Let's go ahead and uh, break this down here. Bam! Whoa. <laughs> All right, Ivana. Grazie, grazie, grazie a ti. She's not even Italian, right? <laughs> what is that crazy and loquacious Mr. C thinking today, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. Good day for news. Good day for news. That is old news. Here's one that's really silly, actually. Still pertaining to President Trump, right? Uh, because, after all, uh, on days of languishing Trump-type statements, we shall fill the bill with some stories. We have this story coming from Rolling Stone. Now, just imagine how desperate these people are truly getting desperate. Uh, but at the same time, what Rolling Stone doesn't realize is that there's probably more truth to the statement than uh, they know. Or do they know, ladies and gentlemen? Actually, they probably do know. They probably do know. Uh, headline, Trump tells team he needs to be president again to save himself from criminal probes. Now, all I can say, ladies and gentlemen, is that 
Um, concerning President Trump and the amount of criminal probes that he will suffer if he were not to be president again is probably a very true statement, ladies and gentlemen. He probably will have an insufferable amount of criminal probes inserted every which way left and right of Sunday. If he were not to be president again, I think the most astonishing criminal probes would probably be the ones that would come from the Republican establishment itself, right? I mean, if President Trump were down and he were not to be president again, ever, they would probably open up so many criminal probes into him, he would be a, a walking galaxy, ladies and gentlemen, with all those probes up in there. So I'm just saying, um, there's probably a whole lot of truth. Who, who would deny it? Uh, no matter what side of the political aisle that you are on, and no matter what side of the, uh, uh, what side of team human you were standing on, ladies and gentlemen, that, uh, the opposing, political party will most likely get criminal probes and you will most likely get those criminal probes if you are for the restoration of the republic for returning the power to the people for self-governance among the populace of constituents uh, oh yeah oh heck yeah they're gonna open some criminal probes on you what are you talking about so um you know rolling stone makes the headline okay uh, probably knowingly knowing that they are not knowingly unknowing, that they are knowingly unknowing when it comes to the truth of the statements that they publish. But that is not for you to be concerned about as the average Rolling Stone reader should go. <laughs> A contradiction in terms. The Rolling Stone reader, really, as if there are people who read Rolling Stone read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this headline says it all. He is going to go for criminal. Let's see what this article says, ladies and gentlemen, about President Trump and criminal probes. <laughs> per the Rolling Stone. Uh, let's, keep, let, let's keep this in mind, you wee I. This is no longer the paper of your forefathers, right? Like Hunter S. Thompson and the likes now. This is Rolling Stone circa 2022. Let's see what kind of garbage they're putting out here, ladies and gentlemen. When Donald Trump formally declares his 2024 candidacy, he won't just be running for another term in the White House. He'll be running away from legal troubles, possible criminal charges, and even the specter of prison time. And you know, ladies and gentlemen... We're frozen, ladies and gentlemen. We're frozen. Oh, we're back. We're back. Maintain yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. We froze for a um, 10 seconds, maybe. We're back, though. Calm down. Calm down. Let's see where we left off. Wow, we froze right at the start of this article, it appears, maybe. Okay, so let us begin again. When Donald Trump 
formally declares, ladies and gentlemen, his 2024 candidacy, he won't just be running for another term in the White House. He'll be running away from legal troubles, possible criminal charges, and even the specter of prison time. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, that is very true statement. Is it because he's guilty? No. Does it matter? No. If you are the reader of the Rolling Stone magazine, you will depend on those headlines. And if you're affluent when it comes to fluency and you happen to read Rolling Stone, that first paragraph will take care of that in a whippersnapper for you. But we carry on. In recent months, Trump has made clear to associates that the legal protections of occupying the Oval Office are front of mind for him. Four people with knowledge of the situation tell Rolling Stone. Okay, so we have four people, and I'm willing to bet that these people will be, I don't know, persona non grata throughout the entirety of this article. It says Trump has spoken about how when you are the president of the United States, it is tough for politically motivated prosecutors to get you, says one of the sources who has discussed the issue with Trump this summer. He says when not if he is president again, a new Republican administration will put a stop to the Justice Department investigation that he views as the Biden administration working to hit him with criminal charges or even put him and his people in prison. Presidential immunity and picking his own attorney general aren't Trump's only reasons for running again. And as he works on another run, Trump is in a tug of war with leaders and operatives of his own party about when to announce, according to multiple people with knowledge of the matter. Now, again, here, I would have to say, guys, obviously, quite clearly, um... This is, uh, I would say this is on par with uh, political chicanery when we're talking about uh, warring or vying political uh, um, opponents. None more so um, important than the opponent that is President Trump because he's bringing something entirely different to the table. He's not bringing your typical uniparty, Republican, Democrat, we're friends uh, at the bar, but we're enemies uh, on the legacy media. You have Trump bringing something different. So this is very, very different for them on those terms, but at the same time, it is also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, something that is very telling for the rest of us. And it should be as it should be, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, uh, taking a gander here, of course, of course, if you think about it, they have been uh, chasing after Trump for the better part of five to six years. Okay. They've been doing it since prior to his declared candidacy. They did it all throughout his presidency. Over the weekend, I actually watched a uh, public broadcasting or public bullshitting uh, network uh, a program, literally a program. Uh, you know, the type of program that uses uh, public taxpayer funding against them type of programming. We're talking about, yeah, PBS. And it was uh, coverage of the Russia, Russia, Russia 
hoax right on the eve of the Mueller report or the Mueller investigation being launched. So they had it was this huge, almost three hour spectacular, ladies and gentlemen, spectacular, spectacular uh, that we saw happening during this um, entire event. Ladies and gentlemen, and it, this was what, 2018? I think 2017 or 18 when this thing was filmed, okay? They've been chasing President Trump for quite some time. And if he were not to be president, uh, they would still chase President Trump, undoubtedly so. And it would only be a matter of time before they could get something that sticks, never mind the three to four last failed attempts at coming for President Trump have been just that failed attempts on a massive level. We're talking two impeachments and an unselect committee hearing. Uh, we're talking about all this, the Mueller report. Okay. These are massive fails on their part. Okay. Never mind all the small, little indignant fails that have not even ri risen their way to the surface. And never mind some of the fails that are failing in the courts, but are prevailing in other places. If we're talking about, uh, you know, things like John Durham and friends, ladies and gentlemen, they would continue investigating this man until he was finally put in prison. And I'm pretty sure we could take that to the bank. Hey, uh, DPatriot1776, howdy, howdy. Good to see you tonight. And uh, thank you for the 5x5, five five, uh, uh, creative writer. Much appreciated. So, uh, uh, so, but that's not the point here, ladies and gentlemen. The point here is that all you need is a headline and a paragraph because they already believe that Trump broke the law. Even though he has broken no law, there is no law this man has broken. Otherwise, they would have taken him down for it already. Um, they can uh, continue with this. This is a Shim Sham article, ladies and gentlemen. A Shim Sham article. Look at that. Trump tells team he needs to be president again to save himself from criminal probes. Shim sham, ladies and gentlemen. This is a shim sham Rolling Stone article. Their readers don't get past the main headline, okay? So uh, take it for what it's worth. It'll help move tonight's show along, don't you guys worry. The former president is motivated to announce early, even before Election Day 2022, in the hopes of clearing the field of primary rivals. But GOP leaders, including some of Trump's closest advisors, don't want him to declare his intentions until after the midterm elections. The GOP wants to keep voters focused on President Joe Biden rather than transforming the contest into a referendum on Trump. In recent months, Trump has reluctantly agreed to hold off only to return shortly thereafter with threats to make an early announcement either out of self-interest, spite, or some combination of the two. I would just have to say this to President Trump, if this is true. Uh, President Trump, you are surrounded by people who may or may not be there to help you or harm you. And I would say, follow your gut, President Trump. Something I probably don't need to say, because it's honestly probably the thing that has got him to where he is in his life today. If you feel you need to announce that before the 2022 midterm elections, 
then do it, sir. Do it, sir. With all due respect, do it, do it, do it. Take the steam out of the sails of any of your 2024 competitors. Do it now, you know? Take the wind out of any type of way that they will fight for illegitimate Joe. You, you, you well know you'll probably be running against Kamala. Kamala the Kamala Harris versus President the Trump Trump President Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, what a showdown that will be. Or not. Probably not, you know, if uh, if we get away with our uh, Bill Cosby is a Kamala Harris meme, I think Kamala will be finished and done for, ladies and gentlemen. I know that absolutely made absolute sense illogic. So, uh, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Trump is trying to outrun the law by running for president, but as Trump talks about running, the four sources say, the four sources, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, maybe? Is that who we're talking about? These four sources say he's leading confidence, confidants with the impression that as his criminal exposure has increased, what, all of which they cannot name, I might add, so has his focus on the legal protections of the executive branch. It's not just liberal wishcasters or Trump critics who are acknowledging the former president's legal jeopardy, right? It's all made up in their heads. This legal jeopardy is all made up in their heads. Trump's team of lawyers and former senior administration officials speak about it commonly. I do think criminal prosecutions are possible for Trump and former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, certainly, says Ty Cobb a former top lawyer in Trump's White House. Do you see that, President Trump? A former top lawyer in your own White House speaking out against you? Maybe you should buck that tide just a little bit when you got these lawyers sitting around your Oval Office and, uh, you know, telling you what to do. No fun. No fun. But it was Ty Cobb who said uh, perhaps Trump and Mark Meadows will end up behind bars. Uh, yeah, you see, you see what they're up to here with these uh, these people are when we're talking about such things. Uh, Trump himself seems to acknowledge potential problems. He said something like, look, he said something like, right? That's not even what he said. It was something like this. OK, do you do you catch that? The quotation within the quotation shall suffice for the actual quotation from the person who quoted it. He said something like quotation marks. Prosecutors couldn't get away with this while I was president. Close quotation marks. Close quotation marks. This is not a lesson in English grammar, ladies and gentlemen. This is your way of identifying who said what in the written word and press. And this is an article quoting someone as quoting someone. This is how you get twice removed in the paragraph, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And it's all anonymous. Someone said that someone said something like this. Or someone said President Trump said something like this. We don't know who said it, but he said it. He said it. Who? 
He, who's him? He. He said something like prosecutors couldn't get away with this while I was president. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure I've heard someone say something like that. But I don't know if I ever heard President Trump say something like that, you know. And, and with my own confirmation bias reality based existence, I'm pretty sure I could have heard someone say something like that with the the voice of President Trump and all of a sudden President Trump said something like that. It was during a larger discussion about the investigations, other uh, possible 2024 primary candidates, and what people were saying about the January 6th hearings, he went on for a couple minutes about how some very corrupt people want to put me in jail. So under this context, okay, under this context, very corrupt people want to put me in jail. You will have the uh, inefficient and typically ignorant leftist uh, bitter reaching clingers use a headline like President Trump is trying to stay out of jail by running in 2024 without even paying attention to what the story is that's going on here. Do you think people just say things like, oh, corrupt people want to put me in jail? I, you know, I mean, if I were guilty as Trump and uh, I were trying to save myself, I doubt coming up with corrupt people want to put me in jail would be the first story I'd run with, right? I probably wouldn't come with that first. I would probably come with something like, I don't know, um, uh, there's someone on my uh, legal team that is leaking this crap to Rolling Stone. And who is it? And, and who is standing in the room when I am saying these things? Who is standing in the room when I am discussing these things that could very well be true and not because president trump is corrupt and not because president trump has broken any laws but because corrupt people that are chasing after trump and have been chasing after trump from the minute he uh um the minute he um uh, came down that golden escalator ladies and gentlemen from the minute he came down that golden escalator they have been hunting for this man as if though he were a witch at a witch trial. Yes, I said it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I said it. So yeah, there you go, guys. They will continue setting all of these things up for as long as they can. I mean, that's why we are in the bowels of the January 6th Unselect Committee. Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, suffering through that right now as we speak. Um, but, you know, we have to suffer these things, right? Uh, we have to suffer these things. And then we get, of course, like I was saying, the left, ladies and gentlemen. The left, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna use it as an example as we get into, we're already into tonight's show. I hope you're enjoying it so far. But uh, the left, ladies and gentlemen, have to use this 
in the, you know, the worst way possible. Uh, it, it is the way where they show their ignorance. It's the way that they show that they are quite desperate. It's the way that they show, ladies and gentlemen, that they don't understand anything about anything that is going on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, situations like this Rolling Stone article, um, uh, it just leaves a way for the desperate lefty clingers uh, who massage bias into their will to live, uh, will take a headline, headline like that and run away with it. And uh, they will not even consider facts or reality. Um, suffer through this, why don't you, just for a little bit and come out on the other side a better human being, ladies and gentlemen. Increasingly is looking like all but a foregone conclusion that failed former President Donald Trump will run again and will run again specifically because he believes and is telling the people around him that it is the one way that he can avoid criminal prosecution for the. <laughs> I told you, ladies and gentlemen, they will run away with this headline as if though it were true. OK, they will run away with this headline as if though it were true. Uh, and they're desperate. Look at his look at the desperation in his eyes. They need a way to find some sar, so, sort of relevance, ladies and gentlemen. This David Pac-Man. Pac-Man. He is a man packer, ladies and gentlemen. David Pac-Man needs a way to be relevant by sharing a headline he understands nothing about. We shall dissect it a little bit further things that he has done. We're going to get in a moment to a new legal analysis of whether Donald Trump is heading to an indictment. We're going to get to that. But before we get to that, a blockbuster new report from Rolling Stone. Trump tells team he needs to be president again to save. Roll, Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone, really Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone. That's the ticket, ladies and gentlemen. That's where you want to be on a Monday afternoon, reading the pages of Rolling Stone. Do you think this guy gets below the headline? I don't know. I'd be willing to make a bet on it, but I'm not. Because, you know, betting is, um, betting is just, uh, it's, 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 it is blasphemous. Even himself from criminal probes. The former president is planning on running for the White House and away from the law. Increasingly, it is believed Trump may even announce before the November midterms. When Donald Trump formally declares his 2024 candidacy, he won't just be running for another term in the White House. He'll be running away from legal troubles, possible criminal charges, and even the specter of prison time. In recent months, Trump has made clear to associates with the legal protections of occupying the Oval uh, that the legal protections of occupying the Oval Office are front of mind for him. Four people with knowledge of the situation tell Rolling Stone. Trump has spoken about how when you were the president of the United States, it is tough for politically motivated prosecutors to get to you, says one of the sources who discussed the issue with Trump this summer. He says when, not if he is president again, a new Republican administration will put a stop to the Justice Department investigation that he views as the Biden administration working to hit him with criminal charges or even put him and his people in prison. 
Now, that would be a pretty interesting campaign platform. I need this job to stay out of prison. But the craziest part of all of it, I've said before, Trump is a symptom. But the real disease are the people who give him money and who vote for him. If you just had Trump and... Okay, we'll pause it there because he's about he's about to get worse, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it or not, he's about to get worse. Uh, he is still working on that cold reading, Mister Manpacker. But um, uh, everyone, throw on your uh, purple plaid Saint John's Bay uh, professor nerd outfit uh, thing there, and uh, get on TV and look and cling to uh, the nearest Rolling Stone article. Rolling Stone article, because clearly Rolling Stone is unbiased and they know what they're talking about, right? Rolling Stone. Uh, but no, he's, he's about to get worse. He's about to drill into the people who support President Trump, right? They're worse than Trump. Uh, and I told you guys, that's about as far as he's gonna get into the article. He might, he might get as far as we got into the article. We didn't get quite to the end, but we got m more than halfway there. Maybe not. I mean, we're not going to watch this entire video anyways. He's going to just start, you know, uh, blathering on about self-importance and ego and uh, all those other types of things. You know, you know what they do, the left. They do it all the time. Nobody paid attention and nobody would, be, would vote for him. We wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. Even if Trump admitted in a fundraising email to donors, I need you to donate so I can become president because otherwise they're going to put me in prison. If he just said it that way, which is maybe what he increasingly believes, his cult is trained to think he's smart for committing obvious crimes and getting away with them or that it's all a witch hunt and people are coming after him. They're not actually. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's smart to commit obvious crimes, but this little man Packer's never going to tell you what those obvious crimes are. Now, is he? No, he's not. Uh, he's relying on you to have read that Rolling Stone article or to go and seek out that Rolling Stone article in order to find out whether or not the crimes he's committed are real. Never said anything about anything he did, did that, did he? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He just lied to you without giving you any real um, uh, receipts, ladies and gentlemen, about the crimes Trump has supposedly committed, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, DPatriot1776, thank you for that uh, cookie over there. And uh, what's up, Bill Tech? Good to see ya. Good to see ya. Uh, let's finish up with this FOP. ...conditioned to think critically. Did he do anything wrong when he called and pressured Georgia and said, I need 11,780 uh, 11, votes, give me a break? When he said that stuff, it must have been because he really won. Okay, I mean, okay, I mean, like, really... We'll have to stop here again. I mean, when he called up Georgia and said, I need 11,874 11, more votes. Uh, come on. That was illegal. That was illegal. Even though it's already clearly been shown, little Pac-Man boy, that uh, that entire scenario was botched by, uh, what was it? Deputy Secretary of State Fuchs, right? That Fuchs woman, F-U-C-H-S, Fuchs. 
the former vice president of Landmark Communications, little Pac-Man boy, that she gave out the wrong information, doctored those tapes, and then the Washington Compost and, what was it, the New York Times had to rescind, retract, correct, abort those articles? And you, little Pac-Man boy, expect that example you just cited to stand in court. Little Pac-Man boy does not understand anything he's talking about. When you're talking about the reality of the world as grown up around these individuals whose development is so arrested around the fantasy deluded land of the, uh, what, the legacy media, the fake news press, uh, you know, any Anything that has anything to do with uh, Blackstone or <laughs> Vanguard, right? The CBS, uh, the Disney's of the world, the top six corporations that own it all, little Pac-Man boy. Who do you work for, little Pac-Man boy? And that's what I want to know because this guy's making absolutely no sense, ladies and gentlemen. What reality is this man living in? What script is he reading that he doesn't fully understand, nor has he fully divested? No, no, no. Has he fully vested himself in, ladies and gentlemen? That's what I want to know. I mean, it really, it makes no difference in the end, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, after all, We'll probably never hear from Pac-Man Boy again. And you <laughs> Let's finish up with him. Right? I mean, if they're just going after him, it's a witch hunt. And there's a couple of different really important implications to this. Number one, he, a, a normal candidate and or a normal country would never have made him the nominee in the first place. If he had become the nominee, they never would have elected him the presidency. If they had elected him to the presidency presidency and he did the things he did, they would have demanded him removed in a way that elected officials could not have ignored 25th Amendment, whatever impeachment and removal. And had that happened or either way, once the first term is done, uh, given the things that he did, he would have no shot whatsoever of raising money and getting to power again. That's not the situation in the United States situation in the United States is the Access Hollywood tape making fun of disabled reporters, all the little things that early would have just knocked him out. Didn't he consolidated support? He activated the lowest of the low information voters, people who were in many cases, not even engaged in politics before and built a movement around it. Uh, and now test. Okay. We'll have to, we'll have to take it off guys. Cause I just, this guy, uh, it's his worldview in his world. You heard him the way that, uh, Trump, the way it should have been in, in a world where everyone was perfectly, uh, sane and, uh, and, uh, mentally, uh, mentally fit. Uh, you, you never would have had him as a nominee. And if you had him as a nominee, you know, he never would have been elected president. If, if he was elected president, you, they would do everything they could to stop him. If they couldn't stop him, you know, uh, and he made it through that first term, they'd make sure he didn't get reelected again. If he got reelected again, you know, every, the way it should have been in the perfect America of this, uh, little twits, um, uh, way of thinking, um, uh, absolutely. Oh, he he uh, he uh, he activated the lowest information voter people that would not even be focused on politics because nothing that we did worked. OK, the locker room pussy grabbing didn't work. The uh, fake uh, lawsuits of uh, rape and, uh, you know, pederasty, pederasty that didn't work. Everything else that they've come up with 
has not worked, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll tell you what we'll have to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll have to deal with another four years or more of guys like this, which we can deal with. I mean, they absolutely have no concept of what happened the last four years. This little David Pac-Man person probably came out of nowhere in the last, what, year and a half or less and uh, has no, no idea, like no, uh, how would you say? No residual memory of what it was like to be alive during the time of the first Trump presidency. That's why he's saying we got locker room talk. It didn't work. We got this and that. That should have taken him out in the beginning of his presidency. Never mind all of the shenanigans that they did against President Trump uh, throughout his entire first term in office. We get to deal with things like this instead. Also, instead of David Pacman. Uh, things, things like this. Let's check this one out, guys. Elon Musk's long-awaited Twitter deal has been on shaky legs for quite some time now. And after hitting multiple roadblocks, the possibility of Elon buying Twitter is at an all-time low. However, one high-profile figure seems pretty happy about the Twitter deal falling apart, former President Donald Trump. At a recent rally in Alaska, Donald Trump slammed billionaire Elon Musk, accusing him of inconsistency. Trump said Elon Musk's recent declaration that he'd never voted Republican until this June contradicted what Musk had told him. Trump then used some choice words to described the world's richest man and criticized Elon Musk's Twitter acquisition deal, which he later decided to withdraw from, calling it rotten. Elon, Elon's not gonna buy Twitter, Trump told his supporters in Anchorage, saying that he'd said that before. Well, he might later, who the hell knows what's gonna happen. He's got a pretty rotten contract, elegant as contract, not a good contract. The polarizing former president also criticized Elon for declaring that this June was the first time that he had voted for a Republican. Elon recently said that his first Republican vote was cast for Myra Flores, the winner of a special election in South Texas in June. Trump chimed in, saying, You know, he said the other day, Oh, I'd never voted for a Republican. I said, I didn't know that. He told me he voted for me. So he's another bullshit artist, but he's not going to be buying it. Elon responded to a tweet containing the former president's quote and said, Not true. In another reply below the same tweet, the Tesla CEO said it was finally time for Trump to hang up his hat. I don't hate the man, but it's time for Trump to hang up his hat and sail into the sunset, he said. Dems should also call off the attack. Don't make it so that Trump's only way to survive is to regain the presidency. Following the January January 6th Capitol Hill violence, Trump was famously banned from Twitter. A bipartisan House Select Committee is now holding public hearings to present the preliminary findings of a year-long investigation into the January 6th, 2021 riot at the United States Capitol by a violent mob of Trump supporters. Trump boasted on his own social media platform, Truth Social, that he could make Elon Musk kneel and beg for his help, ignoring the latest January 6th bombshells and instead choosing to escalate his feud with the Tesla Titan. In the latest one of his infamous hateful rants, the former president posted, when Elon Musk came to the White House asking me for help on all of his many subsidized projects, whether it's electric cars that don't drive long enough, driverless cars that crash, or rocket ships to nowhere, I could have said, drop to your knees and beg, and he would have done it. When asked on Twitter by a conservative talk show host what Elon's problem with Trump's presidency was, the SpaceX founder said there was too much drama. Do we really want a bowl in a china shop situation every single day? Also, I think the legal maximum age for start of presidential term should be 60, he said. In response to another Twitter user's 
suggestion that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis run as Trump's vice president in 2024 and then for president in 2028, Elon said Trump would be 82 at end of term, which is too old to be chief executive of anything, let alone the United States of America. If DeSantis runs against Biden in 2024, then DeSantis will win easily. He doesn't even need to campaign. Trump's comments came after Musk expressed support for Ron DeSantis, the current governor of Florida and a popular Republican candidate for the 2024 presidential election. So far, DeSantis is the most formidable potential Republican challenger to Trump. Elon's influence, boasting over 100 million followers on Twitter alone, could make his endorsement significant. I'm undecided at this point on that election, Elon told Bloomberg News on June 21st. He stated that he'll contribute $20 million to $25 million to support his preferred candidate. Elon's politics and new feud with Trump isn't the only pressing issue he has to deal with. The Twitter deal is still weighing heavily on the Tesla and SpaceX chief. Legal experts believe that despite pulling the plug on the transaction, Elon could still be forced by a U.S. court to complete his $44 billion takeover of Twitter. The Tesla CEO announced on Twitter on Friday that he's canceling the agreement, citing concerns about the number of spam accounts on the social media platform. Brett Taylor, Twitter's chairman, responded with a tweet in which he stated that the company intended to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement. Twitter has now hired a prominent New York law firm to represent it in its legal battle with Elon over his decision to abandon the $44 billion takeover. According to a person familiar with the discussions, Twitter executives hired Wachtel, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz LLP, which specializes in merger and acquisition law, to handle the impending lawsuit against Elon. According to the source, the Twitter team intends to file suit in Delaware Court of Chancery, where many corporate battles are fought as soon as possible. Musk appeared to have second thoughts about the deal just weeks after agreeing to buy Twitter in April, complaining that the company was failing to provide adequate details on the number of automated, phony, or spam accounts using the service. Twitter insists it has fully met the deal's disclosure requirements, including providing Elon with a fire hose of data containing millions of real-time tweets. Musk claims in a filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission that the true size of Twitter's user base is a material fact about the company because advertising accounts for 90% of its revenue. If Twitter isn't telling the truth, his legal team believes it gives him a legitimate reason to back out of a deal he's contractually obligated to close. On the other hand, Twitter executives believe they have a strong case that Musk violated the terms of the April takeover agreement in which he agreed to pay $54.20 per share of the company's stock. At the time of writing, Twitter shares closed at a disappointing $32 per share. The social media company is likely to face a protracted legal battle with one of the world's wealthiest and most recognizable individuals, which could strongly impact its ability to launch new initiatives and attract employees. Brett Taylor, the chairman of Twitter's board, responded to Musk's decision to pull out of the deal by tweeting that the company is committed to closing the transaction on the price and terms agreed upon with Mr. Musk and plans to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement. We're confident we will prevail in the Delaware Court of Chancery, Taylor said. Elon may be required to pay a $1 billion breakup fee under the terms of the takeover agreement. Scadden, Arp, Slate, Megar, and Flom LLP is the Tesla CEO's legal counsel. Elon recently tweeted, they said I couldn't buy Twitter. Then they wouldn't disclose bot info. Now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court. Now they have to disclose bot info in court. The tweet included photos of Elon laughing. They'll likely be asking for a declaratory judgment that they're not in violation of the contract. Also, they'll ask for an order from the court that Musk specifically perform his obligations under the agreement, said Brian Quinn, an associate professor at Boston College Law School. The company can ask a judge for specific performance under the terms of the agreement, which would compel Musk to buy the company for the $54.20 per share he agreed to in April. Alternatively, the company can seek the $1 billion break fee from Musk for breaching the agreement by walking away from the deal. John Coffey, a professor of law at Columbia University, said they'll sue in Delaware's Chancery Court for specific performance. That is, asking for an order compelling Musk and his affiliates to close the deal at the original price. Quinn predicts that Elon's arguments will probably fail in court. Elon made three broad claims in his recent letter to the SEC that Twitter violated the agreement by failing to provide 
provide enough information on spam accounts that Twitter misrepresented the number of spam accounts and its disclosures to the U.S. financial watchdog, and that the company violated the agreement by failing to consult with Elon when recently firing senior employees. According to Quinn, Elon's information requests on spam accounts were not reasonable and would not be accepted by the court. Columbia University's John Coffey said, Musk is on very weak legal grounds. Twitter appears to have given him access to just about everything to satisfy his desire to know the percentage of bots among its users. Carl Tobias, a law professor at the University of Richmond, said Musk's filing does not appear to give him strong legal grounds to walk away from the deal. His counsel has only made allegations and arguments for Musk's position, and judges would have to decide whether the evidence that Musk would present is persuasive enough to support ending the deal. On the other hand, Tobias added that both parties could agree to settle rather than end up in a situation in which Elon is forced to buy a company that he no longer wants. Analysts have warned that a long legal battle could harm Twitter's stock price and employee morale even more. A settlement with Elon would put an end to the saga. Tobias said most similar disputes usually conclude with settlements that permit plaintiffs and defendants to save face. Analysts have speculated that Elon may use the legal battle to negotiate a lower price for Twitter, though investors are expected to consider legal action if the deal falls through at $54.20 per share and sue for the difference between the sale price and the current stock price. I doubt that the court will get to rule before there's a settlement, and the day-to-day -day price of Twitter will give you some idea of what Musk's side will hope to pay, said Coffee. I don't know whose channel that is. Uh, let's see here. Let's be fair. Uh, Futurity, ladies and gentlemen. Futurity. Uh, isn't that interesting there? Isn't that interesting there, right there and then? And don't you know, ladies and gentlemen, um, you have this entire deal with Musk and Trump going on. Uh, you know, is Elon and DeSantis, apparently, is Elon just being a little Elon? Ladies and gentlemen, I think that is the question. Uh, I think, I guess, you know, I, I guess I, I couldn't, you guys know how I feel about Elon, right? <laughs> I just think, I just think it's fun stuff, ladies and gentlemen, if I'm being honest with you all, if I'm being honest with you, but, uh, I mean, come on, you know, like, uh, he tells Trump one thing, he does another, you know, uh, he thinks Trump should stop and, uh, you know, get out while he's ahead, Right. And that's what I'm saying. You know, uh, President Trump says if if what the um, Rolling Stone uh, Peckerwood um, um, situation should suggest to us, ladies and gentlemen, it is this. It is that uh, President Trump will come under a great big uh, fireball of political controversy. The likes which you have never seen before, ladies and gentlemen if he is any type of a political loser, let alone a loser in the realms of the presidency for 2024, is that a reason for him to run? No, but I think that's not the reason why he's running either, like that, uh, that imp that we watched ahead of this video would suggest, you know. Oh, you know, oh, turning the Hillary Clinton script on Trump for the third time, they're going to say that Trump is running for presidency in 2024 to avoid prosecution. And if Trump can get away without prosecution, that might provide them 
with a pathway to avoid prosecution themselves. They'll be like, well, Trump was able to get away without being prosecuted for uh, crimes he never committed. So that means that we should get away with, uh, you know, uh, being uh, not being prosecuted for crimes that we obviously committed. Because we never, we've never done any of that retroactive thing like we should, right? Yeah, and we should, ladies and gentlemen. That is uh, most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, most definitely. We should seek some retroactive, uh, you know, reparations from the Obama administration, for example, for selling out all of our data, etc., etc. Uh, good evening, uh, Queen Peckerwood, Judy the Lady Pug. Good to see you ladies in the audience today. Awakened Mom is also in the audience. Just saw you pop in right there and then. Did I thank you for the cookie, the Patriot 1776? If I didn't, well, thank you again. Let's see. What did, uh, let's see. Elon is Elon. Not sure how to take him. But Twitter's not giving him the truth that he asked for. Twitter stock price dropped. Uh, true words uh, spoken by Awakened Mom. Let me tell you what, when we're talking about the age of truth, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, Elon might not be getting the deal that he uh, was wanting to get here. Let's, let's do this, guys. It'll be much funner for you all. We'll give you a close-up of Elon. Elon in the ear. Hold on. No, that's better. There we go. Is, is little Elon being a little Elon? Trump's like, shush, 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 baby. Shush, shush, shush. It's okay. It's okay. Little little Elon. Or Leon, right? He called him Leon. Anyways, I just... uh, It's a funny picture. It's a funny picture, guys. I think this picture is just... The dichotomy of this photograph is just hilarious, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but anyhow, as I was saying, guys... Uh, but, you know, all the things that Elon is saying, don't they don't seem to be like they're on Trump's side, right? That's what I keep saying. Like, uh, say you get your DeSantis and your Musk to, to 2024 ticket, right? Everyone wants DeSantis. They're like the man with the little voice. Let's get him to be president because he likes red flag gun laws, you know? I'm sorry to support, I mean, I'm sorry to report that uh, I, I, I think even President Trump supported red flag gun laws to a point, to a point at least during his candidacy, uh, probably changed after he became president. But yeah, no, I heard about that. Uh, I think someone put that in the chat room, didn't they? I think it was uh, Cooper Jr., right? That had to say that uh, about um, DeSantis for red gun flag laws. Yeah, they're not. Nobody's perfect. You know what? Are we uh, going to settle for this imperfection or are we going to fight to ensure that we get what we deserve as those who govern ourselves? That is the question of the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, and is Elon being a little Elon is another one. Ladies and gentlemen, is Elon being another Elon? I mean, Trump and he clearly seem to be going back and forth, back and forth, getting down with their dirty selves against each other. But uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, Elon still smells like a rhino. 
And he's, he's a freshly born rhino, I might add, ladies and gentlemen. Go Myra Flores. How is he even voting for Myra Flores? Does he live in South Texas? Because that's where her district flipped. I'm pretty sure not everyone was able to vote in that race, Elon. And so I'm guessing you're living south of San Antonio, somewhere in the valley. Is that where you live? Is that where your residence is? Because I would love to know how you voted for Myra Flores, Elon Musk, if you don't live in that district where they had a special election. Mr. Tesla is in Austin, which is uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles away from Myra Flores, ladies and gentlemen. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It looks like Panama is on fire, ladies and gentlemen. We're just... Uh, uh, you know, uh, making some stops around the world today on this. Uh, someone said it in the audience. Uh, a manic Monday. Today is a manic Monday. So we are jumping over to Panama, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Much appreciated. How you doing tonight? Hope all is well. Um, and, uh, yeah, Florida could always get more red flag gun laws, Cooper Jr., right? He sets you up to knock you down. He's like, DeSantis supports red flag gun laws. Nobody's perfect. And then he goes, Florida already had red flag gun laws, you dope. <laughs> what a jerk. All right, Cooper, I'll keep my eyes on you, boy. Let's talk about Panama. Panamanians, ladies and gentlemen, uh, seem to be protesting inflation and government corruption throughout the country. Now, this is actually uh, one of many examples of the peoples just not putting up with it anymore. Uh, let's take a look at this. Now, this is a real quick video clip of Panama. And uh, apparently this protest that takes to the streets. Now, I just want to make sure that we have a clear defining moment between the protests that block the roads in Panama versus the protests that um, <clears throat> ignorant and misguided young children get themselves involved in where they get hit by cars because they're running into the highways of the uh, <laughs> Los Angeles I-10. <laughs> seriously, ladies and gentlemen, seriously, take a look at this. While, um, while I'm talking, the Panamanian people, oh, it's not the first place. No, 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 no. Sri Lanka notably started, what, about two months ago, uh, but definitely not the first place. Um, let's see here. Uh, Cooper Jr., uh, he uh, states in the chat room, Albania, Argentina, Bulgaria, Dutch, Dutch, Denmark, Denmark. 
Um, and uh, Sri Lanka, Macedonia, Italy, Panama, etc., etc., all in revolution status, so saith I, Cooper Jr. You know, yeah, Italy happened, but didn't really happen. They didn't allow uh, Draghi, Draghi, they did not allow Draghi to step down, unless that's changed since I last heard about that. But yeah, all these people either in revolution or stepping down. If they're not in revolution, they're um, filing their resolution for retirement. Sri Lanka, no choice. No choice, Sri Lanka. Uh, the people were burning down uh, politicians' houses and, uh, you know, government buildings for over a month now in Sri Lanka. And then, of course, they recently uh, had a, uh, what do you call those things where everyone just drops out of the sky, uh, out of nowhere, and they sing a song, right? Like, they did that at the president's uh, pool house. They, just a flash mob. It was a flash mob of Sri Lankans, and all of a sudden, little Georgie Poo Sri Lanka was peeing in the presidential pool, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see. Awakened Mom says, We are hearing of so many countries taking to the streets. EU farmers are joining together. South America will be next, if not already. When will it come to the shores of these northern United States of America? Probably. Yeah, it'll probably be a minute. It'll probably be a minute. That's all. <laughs> No worries, Cooper Jr. You're good, boy. You're good. Um, Tim Bajet, uh sharing some info, says, I, miss, I myself have a misdemeanor domestic from over 10 years ago that was plea bargained down because they only wanted to make it another win. Uh-huh. And you see how that the red, red gun flag laws will affect... It's Aurelius Locke. Good evening. I have no idea what your comments mean, but welcome to the show, Aurelius Locke. Good to see you. The Netherlands are the Dutch. Oh, okay. Not Denmark. The Denmark are the Danish, aren't they? I don't know. You guys tell me. Netherlands. Thank you, Awakened Mom, for setting us straight. Uh, let's see here. Timbajit says, never had a run-in with police or anyone since. No, I am not able to buy a gun. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, and that's looking at records. It was 15 years ago, right? Will I soon be able to drive for Lyft? I don't know. But that rental car, let me tell you what, it sounds pretty promising. We are always behind in trends from Europe. Indeed we are. Indeed we are. Good comments. Good comments. So let's find out a little bit about this Panamanian uprising Ladies and gentlemen, and what is all going on over there? To the lands just south of us, Panama protests continue despite fuel and food price cuts. Okay, so uh, they're trying to work with them, it seems like, apparently, but are they really? It says, thousands of Panamanians took to the streets again on Tuesday to protest rising inflation and government corruption despite the announcement of price cuts for fuel and some food products. The demonstrations called for by... The Central American countries' numerous unions have lasted for two weeks and resulted in some main highways being closed. President Laurentino Cortizo announced Monday that the price of gasoline for private vehicles will be reduced to $3.95 per gallon. 
uh, from July 15th, a drop of 24%. Oh my God. It was almost a quarter more than that. Okay. From the price at the end of June. So uh, you throw what? Maybe another dollar on that, right? Maybe another dollar, another quarter. So $4.95, they're paying about five bucks per gallon. He also announced that his government would draft a decree to freeze the price of a dozen essential food products, but several unions say that protests will continue until there is a general reduction in prices and gasoline rates drop below $3 per gallon. Protesters in Panama City marched Tuesday from the central Porras Park to or Porras Park to the heavily guarded National Assembly building. Many carry Panamanian flags and banners with messages such as corruption embezzled my nation. Uh, we want honest governors or where is the money? Show me the money. Ladies and gentlemen, we want honest governors or we want honest uh, people to govern themselves, right? Uh, the cost of living is what has uh, the people in the streets, protester Sergio Gallegos, an indigenous man from the Nagabe Bugle region, told AFP in La Chor Chorreira, a town west of the capital, protesters marched on the Inter-American Highway, the main artery linking Panama with the rest of Central America. Security Minister Juan Pino made a call for sanity on Tuesday so that social peace prevails over any differences. The protests have stoked fears in the government and business sector that the country could see a drop in economic activity or impacts on the tourism industry in Ecuador. 18 days of mass protests against high fuel prices last month cost the country over $1 billion, according to its central bank. Now, I don't know about you guys, but the phrase central bank is not the kind of phrase I ever want to see or read about concerning my personal uh, government and economic policies. Fresh roadblocks as Panama protesters reject deal. What? There was a deal to be rejected? What on earth are you talking about? Uh, this is from uh, RFI. It says here, um, there were fresh demonstrations and roadblocks in Panama on Monday as pressure groups uh, turned their backs on a deal signed with the government to end their protests in exchange for fuel price cut. So just what we read, guys. Yep, just what we read. It says here, after union leaders consulted grassroots supporters on the deal announced Sunday, it was decided to continue to protest, said Luis Sanchez, a leader of the Anadipo Civic Group. We have warned the executive that we still have to consult the rank and file, he told the TVN2 channel. The agreement, he added, was signed under pressure and members have opted to continue the mobilization that had seen trucks and banners waving demonstrators paralyzed the strategic Pan-American highway. In the meantime, there is no agreement, said Sanchez as he tore up a sheet of paper on Sunday. The government and some protest leaders announced a deal to end more than two weeks of demonstrations over high fuel prices and ra rising living costs in the country of 4.4 million people. So there you go. 325 per gallon. That was the cut price deal from five twenty per gallon, so about five bucks. Actually, more. 
And uh, I guess this is truckers holding up the traffic also. <clears throat> Not just uh, random protesters in the streets causing a blockade. It says here, the biggest protest Monday was in the Capitol with members of the SunTracks Construction Union closing access roads with burning tire barricades, causing massive traffic backups. There were also new blockades of the Panama American Highway, uh, Pan American, sorry, Pan American Highway that connects Panama with the rest of Central America and is the main transport route for goods through the country. The protests come, protests come amid difficult economic times for a country with inflation of 4.2%, probably much higher, probably just like the rest of us, and unemployment rates of about 10% or much higher, just like the rest of us, just like the rest of us in the country of Panama, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, let's see what we got next for you here today. Oh, what is this? Welcome to sunny California, where uh, abortion is still safe and legal. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You see the uh, watermark correctly. This is a Getty Images, Mario Tama piece. Legal abortion in California. Oh. They're going to be like, I thought we were done talking about Elon Musk and the way that he pays for abortions. Oh, wait, we're not talking about Elon Musk. No, we're not talking about Elon Musk. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about legal abortions in California and how the state of California wants to put Planned Parenthood into their high schools, you know, Talk about a good, um, a good impetus for, um, you know, um, one of the pillars, no, not maybe one of the pillars, one of the priorities of the Texas GOP, ladies and gentlemen, school choice. You want to talk about a good argument for school choice. Let's talk about California putting Planned Parenthoods into their schools. We just talked about this on, uh... Lone Star News this afternoon. Maybe well, we did not talk about California, but we did talk school choice, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's one of the pillars. It's one of the priorities of the Texas GOP. Uh, you know, I mean, we just had this article that we were going through the other day about um, uh, Planned Parenthood and abortions inside of the uh, military. Right? Oh, oh, here comes General Vallely. He's waving his, uh, his, uh, quill and his feather. And he is, uh, he's got, uh, he's got, uh, Hyo Silver there tied to the horse mount. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, Vallely's like, there should be no talk about abortions in, uh, here, there, now, in our military. And then, and then the, the supposedly awake... Uh, you know, Trump-supporting patriot crowd goes wild. General Vallelie! Oh, General Vallelie said not to have abortions in the military. We love you, General Vallelie. Bend over for us, General Vallelie. We'd love to catch the essence of your waft, General Vallelie. 
Uh, but you know, federal, 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 speaking of federal, you know, when we're talking about schools and we're talking about education and stuff like that. And now they want to put Planned Parenthood within the confines of the education system in the state of California. Good job, California. Right. Good job. What's the legal age of consent again in California? California? Oh. So, ladies and gentlemen, so... Uh, let's see what we got going on here as far as that's concerned. California School Board considering putting Planned Parenthood clinic on high school campus. Ladies and gentlemen, as, as it has been said in the past, you cannot make this stuff up. I don't care how good of a fiction writer you are. I don't care if you are Shakespeare himself. You cannot come up with this stuff on your own. From the Gateway Pundit, California's Norwalk La Mirada Unified School District is set to vote on placing a planned parenthood clinic on a high school campus in the district. The vote about operating a Planned Parenthood at John Glenn High School in Norwalk is scheduled to take place on Monday evening. According to the proposal, the clinic will not be notifying parents about any students that they provide services to. What kind of services can you imagine they would be providing these people? Provider and district acknowledge uh, that under California law, minors have the right to consent to reproductive health services without parental consent or notification. The proposal states provider will encourage students to involve their families in decision making regarding the services as appropriate. Provider will obtain informed consent from students for the services in accordance with applicable law including but not limited to California Family Code Section 6924-6929 and California Business and Professional Code Section 2397. The proposal also states that the clinic will be able to provide prescription drugs and pharmaceuticals related to reproductive health including contraceptives and antibiotics and insert non-surgical long-acting reversible contraceptives including without limitation iud's so to your non-adult child uh these people will be able to um provide reproductive health proceedings as well as insert things into your child. California might want to think about this. You're marching a fine line here. It says if the proposal passes, Planned Parenthood will be able to operate in the school for five years. It will then go to a vote every five years after that. Families and taxpayers should be horrified that the Norwalk La Mira Da USD United States District or School District is considering a partnership, unified school district, 
is considering a partnership with Planned Parenthood. Nicole Neely, the president and founder of Parents Defending Education, told Fox News Digital in a statement, the fact that the contract specifically notes that under California law, minors have the right to consent to pr productive health services without parental consent or notification is appalling in and of itself as is the list of services that will be offered to children from STD treatment to IUDs to referrals to other health centers operated by provider uh, for services not offered at the schools. So this is crazy. So when we're talking about reproductive services, clearly we're talking about anything that has to do with sex ladies and gentlemen, whether it is foreplay or an afterthought, ladies and gentlemen, if it has to do with sex, they will be providing services and oversight for children without parental consent in this school district, unified though it might be. And at this particular high school, otherwise known as what John Glenn, what was it called? The John Glenn. It's named after, it's named after divine. Just kidding. His name is not John Glenn. It's Glenn Johnson. Uh, but John Glenn High School. Could you just imagine the implications of that? And can you imagine the precedence that having such a type of a machination, not even an organization, not even something that's good or worth the community, a machination, a destroyer, destroying the community. We're talking about Planned Parenthood, ladies and gentlemen, doing these things. Very, 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 very immoral. Article concludes, ladies and gentlemen, Neely explains that the effort is seeking to remove parental rights of decision-making regarding the health of their children. For over 100 years, Federal courts have consistently found that parents and not schools maintain primary decision-making authority over their children. And this is coming from this Neely person here, okay? Let's get the name right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get the name right. This is Nicole Neely, president of Parents uh, Defending Education, who again says... For over 100 years, federal courts have consistently found that parents and not schools maintain primary decision-making authority over their children, particularly when it comes to medical care, she continued. The Norwalk La Mirada, or Mirada, school board should be ashamed that this contract is even up for consideration and be mindful of their significant legal exposure should it be ratified. Fox News, faux news, operatives against the people reports that in 2019, the Los Angeles chapter announced it was opening 50 new clinics in area high schools to provide health care services, education, parent resources and support to students on campus. The initial three year contract reportedly cost Los Angeles County taxpayers $10 million dollars. $10 million to uh, teach your kids all about sex and to insert things into their innocent young bodies. Terrible. 
I actually wanted to show you some of this contract that they had. It's uh, it's not a doozy of a read at 13 pages, but uh, we won't consider 13 pages. Just look at some of the things that these uh, Planned Parenthoods are setting themselves up to do should they get inside the schools. As you can see, this one here says it's uh, the Clinic Services Agreement, dated July 2022 entered into and by and between Planned Parenthood Los Angeles, a California nonprofit public benefit organization, corporation, and the Norwalk La Mirada Unified School District, a public school district organized and existing under and pursuant to the Constitution and laws of the state of California. We'll skip to the agreement, right? It says, now, therefore, in consideration of the foregoing and for other good and valuable consideration, the receipt and sufficiency of which is hereby acknowledged, the parties agree as follows. Provider clinic space. The provider clinics shall be located on the premises of the schools and shall consist of such facilities as the district and provider may mutually agree. The provider clinic space. And uh, the district hereby grants provider the exclusive rights to use and occupy the provider clinic space during the term of the agreement. In addition, district shall provide the following to provider with respect to the provider clinic space, a district's cost and expense. At district's cost, they're talking about Planned Parenthood. That's the provider. Uh, access to the... Um, um, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. District shall provide the following to Planned Parenthood with respect to Planned Parenthood clinic spaces at district's cost and expense access to the Planned Parenthood clinic space at all times during the hours of operation of the uh, Planned Parenthood clinics set forth herein. Uh, utilities servicing the Planned Parenthood clinic space, including Wi-Fi, Internet access, user ID and login for the uh, Planned Parenthood clinic personnel, as defined below, janitorial and security, access to bathroom facilities on campus at the schools uh, for use by provider clinic personnel and providers patients, that's uh, Planned Parenthood, and space for a laboratory specimen pickup box. Laboratory specimen pickup box. I wonder what kind of specimens they'll be picking up in that laboratory pickup box. Uh, they will also require training regarding the district safety and security protocols and procedures for occupants of the school and the installation of equipment by provider to facilitate the integrated networked use of Planned Parenthood's EHR system at the Planned Parenthood clinics. So they got a lot of heavy artillery stuff moving in for their sake, ladies and gentlemen. Here are some of the services that Planned Parenthood would be providing. Provider shall operate the Planned Parenthood clinics in accordance with the terms of, the, of this agreement and all applicable laws. Planned Parenthood shall retain professional and administrative responsibility for operation of the Planned Parenthood clinics and services. Uh, rendered pursuant to this agreement. So physical examinations relevant to reproductive health systems. So they'll be touching your children's genitals, probably. And examining their genitals. Also diagnosis, diagnosis and treatment of illness. And um, uh, that would have to be associated with reproductive health. So any kind of STDs, STIs, IUDs, uh, uh, UFOs, UAVs, 
they would also be prescribing or dispensing pharmaceuticals related to reproductive health, including contraceptives and antibiotics. Now, that's pretty crazy. So that means that, uh, you know, little Johnny boy there could be uh, coming home with a raging case of, uh, I don't know, gonorrhea or um, the clap. And uh, Mama and Daddy America would never know that their kids have a raging case of crabs because um, the school's Planned Parenthood is dispensing and prescribing these medicines. Yeah, that doesn't sound like uh, my America, ladies and gentlemen. That doesn't sound like my America indeed says here uh, they will also have they will also be performing these types of services take note ladies and gentlemen insertion of non-surgical long-acting reversible contraceptives including without limitation IUDs so they will also be inserting things into your children ladies and gentlemen Planned Parenthood will be without parental consent Sounds like a very bad plan to me, ladies and gentlemen. They will also be performing laboratory services related to reproductive health hmm. and several more services, screening and informing uh, and linkage to enrollment assistance with uh, family packed PACT walk-in services. Parental consent and notification as the article covered uh, it does say this, to be sure, provider and district acknowledge that under California law, minors have the right to consent to reproductive health services without parental consent or notification. Planned Parenthood will encourage students to involve their families in decision making regarding the services they provide as appropriate. Planned Parenthood will obtain informed consent from students for the services in accordance with applicable law, including but not limited to California Family Code Section 6924-6929. Uh, access to services. No student shall be turned away, barred, or delayed in receiving services based on a student's payer status or ability to pay. Provider shall neither design nor deploy programs in such a manner as to exclude or disadvantage low-income or uninsured students nor to advantage students with third-party payers and or other financial means. It is the exception of the parties that most students will be eligible for benefits under California's Family Planning Access Care and Treatment Program, FPACT, as it is currently constituted and provider will use commercially reasonable efforts to enroll eligible students in that program. No period. So there's a little bit piece of that contract, ladies and gentlemen. Insane that these people think that they can be getting away with such uh, activities. But yet here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, looking at looking up that hill, looking up that road, ladies and gentlemen. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Queen Peckerwood, thank you for sharing that a bit of interesting information of things. Formally inserted erstwhile to be talked about at other times. Um, Queen Peckerwood, you could tell Cooper Jr. 
Is that Andrew Jr.? Just kidding. Um, it'd be Anderson. No, uh, tell him what an IUD is. And, and, and maybe we'll read it out loud here at the Sea Report. So uh, we can all get a brand new wrinkle as we go into uh, the next uh, report. I just want to share with you some of that contract that's looking like it's coming into California and uh, Planned Parenthood. They will, where there is a will, there is a way. And these people will have the blood of children and they will have the life of babies on their hands, no matter what, it seems like they just can't help themselves. All right, uh, next story. Oh, Planned Parenthood. We still got you on the screen, Planned Parenthood. No, we don't. We got Fauci. Oh, we haven't had a Fauci story in quite a minute, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, we haven't had COVID-19 stories here over at the Sea Report in quite a while. Uh, it's intentional. It's intentional. You know, election integrity seems a little bit more important than COVID-19, okay? Uh, decertifying 2020 and annulling that election seems a little bit more important. Okay. Uh, alerting and notifying my fellow Americans about the rhinos that reside in their state house and affect the White House seems a little bit more important than Anthony Fauci does, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it appears that uh, this man is finally, this man is finally about uh, ready to take his leave, right? You think he, you think, you think he would have done this a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you really, really do think he would have done this a long time ago. You think he'd be like, hey, I'm out of here, okay? I'm not taking any more of this here abuse. I'm gone with the wind. Uh, but no, that's not the case. This man who, uh, did his first run on television during the HIV AIDS crisis of the what 1970s and 80s and 90s apparently uh, returned with the COVID-19 crisis like only an individual as seasoned of an actor as he could do ladies and gentlemen to reprise the role of the death of millions of Americans and people around the world you need a man like Anthony Fauci ladies and gentlemen you need a man like Anthony Fauci. So Anthony Fauci has recently come out and said that uh, he's going to retire at the end of President Biden's term. What term could he be talking about? Could he be talking about uh, 2022? Could he be talking about 2024? Could he be talking about 2028? God forbid. Could he be talking about tomorrow? Could he be talking about any time that President Select Biden resigns, Fauci is ready to go? Well, you know, that was the title of this article, if I'm not mistaken, from Politico. You see how you see how they tell their lies, right? This is the Politico article. We're gonna look at a Politico article, I know. Anthony Fauci wants to put COVID's politicization politicization behind him, okay? 
That's the way that they are going to look at it, ladies and gentlemen. The politicization, politi politicization of COVID-19. Ladies and gentlemen, politicization, politicization, politicization. Uh, and, and that's about it. And never mind that he's probably running in fear because of the fact that they have everything on him. I mean, you know, if I were going to be a pragmatic cynicist, cynicist, if I were going to be a pragmatic cynic, I would say, well, Fauci's probably going to get away with it. These people always seem to do that. And uh, somehow it always works out in their favor, regardless of who is president. But we are not cynical, nor are we pragmatic here at the Sea Report. <laughs> Just kidding. We tend to be a little bit pragmatic here at the Sea Report. But uh, anyhow, yeah, I could see how that's getting some of the... Uh, Fauci made a windfall on the vaccine, says Awakened Mom. He was on the patent of the vaccine. You see how many people know this information? I'm just saying, guys... Well, Tony, you ain't getting away that easily, says Sean Joe. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm thinking here. You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Of course, Sean Joe likes to push that Cuba has a nice retirement community. I'm right there with you. I hear the shores of Western Cuba are wonderful, ladies and gentlemen, for people like Anthony Fauci. Anyways, but uh, here's what the article has to say. It says, uh, at one point, health officials, including Frouchy, expressed cautious optimism that the original regimen and one booster could be enough. Now, amid what Fauci says is a combination of fast evolving variants and stagnating vaccination rates, Americans are left asking when this vaccination cycle ends. Yeah, that's what's important. When is this vaccination cycle going to be over with? Never mind this fake variant. Uh, it's their fault if they have these uh, fast evolving variant combinations running around. They're the ones who done it. Thank goodness they took out that biolab in Severodonetsk. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, here we stand. What? A hundred plus days into the Russia special military operation that I hear is over in Ukraine. I hear it's over. Word on the street is the special military operation in Ukraine is done at a hundred and something days. But uh, you would never know that because NATO is only now throwing in all of their hard artillery. But a uh, hundred plus days into the Russia special military operation in Ukraine, and don't worry, there is a connecting factor here, guys, is that Severo Donetsk in the Donetsk People's Republic of the Donetsk People's Republic, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> liberated a month ago, right? It was Donetsk, then Luhansk. Anyhow, 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 here's the point. Point of the matter being, in Severodonetsk, they just found another United States Pentagon-funded bioweapons lab that was being fiercely protected by the Nazis and the Ukrainian globalist influence henchmen there in Severodonetsk. I mean, we just reported about Severodonetsk probably within the last three weeks and that has recently been discovered. And you wonder why there's so many variants running around Frouchy. 
he's like, there are far too many variants for us to keep up with. So um, let's just end it on this, says Frouchy. Um, Frouchy says, that's a reasonable question, but the reason not to wait is that we're not exactly in a lull. What are you talking about, Frouchy? There are more than 130,000 documented COVID-19 cases per day, a figure that officials and public health experts say could be as much as four or five times lower than the actual infection rate as people take at-home tests or simply do not know that they are transmitting the virus. I think, although I don't know for sure, that over the next cycle or so, we'll be getting towards a once-a-year boost like the flu, Fauci said as uh, he licked his lips and saw dollar signs lining his coat pockets. He also expressed the uncertainty that has plagued scientists and the Biden administration when they contemplate the speed with which a new variant can take hold. Even with the hope of moving to a flu shot-like schedule, that speed with new strains sometimes becoming dominant in a matter of weeks has humbled disease experts and vaccine developers worldwide. Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna in late June presented data for updated Omicron-targeting vaccines to the Food and Drug Administration's advisory panel and predicted shots could be ready in late August. By that time, Omicron subvariants BA4 and BA5 already accounted for more than half of U.S. cases. Reformulating the shots for those strains would push timelines through mid-fall. It's not impossible, but more difficult to develop vaccines for the next dominant coronavirus strain because of the variant's pace, said Frouchy. A more regular vaccination schedule could be anywhere from six months to two years away, he predicted. Where Frouchy goes from here? Seems to be the question. The issue now is whether anyone is listening anymore. Some rejected his recommendations to get vaccinated, mask up, or limit social events from the start, Fauci admits, which is also pretty much bupkis. But now even cautious Americans differential to experts are tired. It's becoming more and more difficult to get people to listen because even the people who are uh, compliant want this behind them, Frouchy said. That doesn't mean giving up, he insists. What I try to convince them of with my communication method is we're not asking you to dramatically alter your lifestyle. We're just asking you to take an experimental drug several times a year until your untimely demise is... uh. What, ladies and gentlemen, is what? Until your untimely demise is explained away as a percentage of the brandly newly discovered disease known as sudden adult death syndrome? That's pretty sad, ladies and gentlemen. No pun intended. That's pretty sad. That's all he, he doesn't want you to change your lifestyle. You can do what you want. You can do as you will, but just take this booster shot. And see what happens. Frouchy closes. We are just asking you to consider some simple, doable mitigation methods. Th that to me is double speak, right? That's double speak. Mitigation methods means 
methods by way to um, eugenicize these people, ladies and gentlemen. Eugenicize these people without them knowing. It's a mitigation method. It's doublespeak. It's what these people are best at. Ladies and gentlemen, it's what these people are best at. Sad to say. Uh, but, you know, that kind of inspires me. Uh, I would have to say it inspires me just a bit to another. Uh, COVID-19 type of story. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that there for you. That is none other than the frouchy ouchie, ladies and gentlemen. Frouchy ouchie, I should say. We're talking about uh, one of our latest designs on the political truth line. Available from Shop Mr. C. We'll get this one rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, I assure you we'll get this design rolling to frouchy ouchie. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener-supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the sea report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report and thanks y'all but tell you what we're gonna do we'll do some quick covid stories just to round off the night ladies and gentlemen and i appreciate you all joining us this late of evening on a monday night uh i, th- I tell you we're probably gonna give you guys some ammunition how about that we ha- you know why? Because we haven't done fresh ammunition from the Sea Report for our audience in quite some time. Ladies and gentlemen, we haven't. It's true. Uh, uh, particularly regarding COVID-19. Ladies and gentlemen, particularly regarding COVID-19. Uh, particularly regarding the vaccines, you know, how on earth can I expect my audience to go forth into the world and to uh, promulgate and to disseminate the knowledges that are available to their brethren, much to the safety and sanctity of their livelihoods, if I don't share the stories myself. So we'll do this. Uh, We'll do uh, two quick COVID-19 updates to uh, arm and guard my audience with accurate knowledge and truthful knowledge um, as we move forward. Because, you know, COVID-19, I mean, really, it's so passe at this point. I mean, election integrity is where it's at. Aren't I, uh, aren't I right, ladies and gentlemen? Election integrity is where it's at. 
But still, nevertheless, COVID-19 is something that does, you know, uh, come up uh, to the forefront. You know, I mean, I mean, I, when we're talking about all of these uh, Omicron variants, BA4, BA5, BA whatever, you know, uh, and uh, psh, uh, my household has not been any stranger to uh, these weird types of, uh, you know, uh, throat and mouth happenings that are going on. I, I had a happening in my throat and mouth this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. It was a happening, all right, that left me on my bed face up with my mouth wide open, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm like, what is going on here? You know, why is it that I must lay prostrate on my bed, on my back, with my head off of my bed? Agape. And with lack of energy, or anything else going on, ladies and gentlemen. It must be one of these Omicron variants or, you know, the uh, Elgibity monkeypox variant of COVID-19 or something going through the air and into the system, ladies and gentlemen. Study finds, this is from the Epoch Times, COVID-19 jab does not work. So again, you know, just so we can uh, be clear about some things here at Mr. CTV, what we believe and hold dear to anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I got to say, this, my friends, is for you. A team of Harvard research scientists publishing in the New England Journal of Medicine have found that SARS-CoV-2 virus has mutated so much that the Pfizer mRNA vaccines developed against the original Wuhan strain now have little to no effect. Oh, kind of just like what Fauci was talking about, right? The study Neutralization Escape by SARS-CoV-2 Omicron subvariants BA2.12.1, BA4, and BA5 evaluated neutralizing antibody titers of participants vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine against multiple SARS-CoV-2 strains. The scientists found that the titers dropped from 5,783 against the WA1-2020 isolate Wuhan strain to 275 against the BA4 or BA5 subvariant Omicron variants by a factor of 21. In other words, they found the mRNA vaccine to be essentially ineffective against Omicron variants currently in circulation. SARS-CoV-2 mutation. SARS-CoV-2 has been a quickly evolving virus since late 2019. Like all RNA viruses, it has a strand of M of M of RNA that is packaged in a delivery vehicle that allows it to attach itself to host cells and inject its RNA into the cells and hijack the cells to make more copies of its RNA. A virus must interact with living cells in order to reproduce. Without this interaction, the virus itself is inert. It has no metabolism. It cannot move. It, it does not eat. It cannot reproduce with other viruses. What this means is that a virus has none of the characteristics of living organisms because of this. Some scientists want to classify viruses as part of life while others point out that viruses are not alive, at least not without hosts. Life or not, 
All viruses must have genetic material, RNA, ribonucleic acid, or DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid. RNA or DNA make copies using templates of complementary strands of RNA or DNA. There is always a chance for errors to happen during this process. We call these errors mutations. Often these mutations, or sorry, often these errors make the DNA or RNA too imperfect to carry on functioning, so the mutation goes nowhere. But if the mutated version is viable, the result is a new, slightly changed version of the DNA or RNA, a virus that does not kill its host but is able to keep using the host to replicating itself is able to continue replicating. There is an advantage to a virus developing a way to become chronic or endemic rather than being rapidly lethal to the host. By every indication that is what is happening with SARS-CoV-2, the novel virus that likely originated in Wuhan, China and quickly spread around the globe using humans and other animals as its host, article finishes up with anti-spike antibodies. Many of the mutations to the SARS-CoV-2 RNA do not change any of the proteins the virus needs to survive and proliferate. These are called silent or synonymous mutations. Others known to scientists as non-synonymous mutations do change the amino acid composition of the proteins. The amino acid sequence differences, about 3% observed between SARS-CoV-2 spike protein from the original Wuhan strain, GenBank, uh, number YP00972439, and an Omicron isolate from Norway on January 3rd, 2022. And these are the results of two years of evolution of the virus on its spike protein. Using the National Library of Medicine's online BLAST service, the authors compared the spike protein sequence from the Wuhan strain and an Omicron variant. The red lines highlight the mismatches. And uh, I don't know that you guys can see this, but there are red lines on that chart. Compared to other parts of the virus genome, the gene that codes for the spike protein evolved faster as the spike protein is on the surface of the virus and is under much more select pressure. This poses a problem for the current vaccines and any future vaccines based on the spike protein. The fast changing spike protein would likely make the existing vaccines and any new vaccines less effective. In other words, the virus has moved on, but the vaccines have not. Existing vaccines based on the spike protein generate multi-clonal antibodies against different epitopes of the spike protein. If an antibody reacts to an epitope that is not affected by the mutation that Omicron has, then this antibody would be effective against Omicron. Otherwise, it will not be effective. When most, if not all, antibodies that the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine developed, vaccines developed based on the original Wuhan strain fails to react to the current SARS-CoV-2 variant, the vaccine becomes ineffective. Vaccinated have negligible antibodies against current strain. In the new Harvard study, 
The scientists tested 27 participants who had been vaccinated with Pfizer's messenger RNA vaccine and 27 participants who had been infected naturally with the original Wuhan strain. Most of those who had had COVID already had also been vaccinated. So most, but not all, had hybrid immunity. Those who had recovered from COVID had a strong immune response to the original virus, which is no longer circulating in the world. But those who had been vaccinated just six months prior to the test had only 1% as many antibodies as those who had recovered from having the virus. Participants who had been boosted just two weeks before the test and were at the peak of their immunity did have a strong response, though it was still half as strong as those with natural immunity. Evidently, their vaccine-acquired immune response was not long-lasting either. And as these results were only for the original outdated virus, which is no longer a danger, against the strain currently dominant in the United States, those who had been vaccinated even at the peak of their protection two weeks after the booster had a very scant antibody response. Okay? They had a very scant antibody response to the current virus, about 7% as strong as their antibody response to the original 2020 virus. Those who were vaccinated six months before but not boosted had negligible antibodies against the current antivirus. So the the vaccines don't work, okay. Uh, If you were vaccinated six months ago and never got boosted, your antibodies will be negligible against the current variation of the virus. And what's more, even if you do get boosted, you have a two-week window where those uh, antibodies will be at an optimal level and somehow they will still be 50% weaker than your original natural immunity, ladies and gentlemen. Just a little bit of information to share with the family. Ladies and gentlemen, so you guys can be abreast as you head out into that wilderness uh, of, uh, you know, zombies and uh, other such affected (coughs) individuals. Let's do one more. One more to close off the night about COVID-19 and ammunition. So this is the kind of ammunition that we deal with here at the Sea Report. Ladies and gentlemen, it's information munitions. It's info munitions here at the Sea Report. Informunitions. I'm going to make a shirt of that tonight, so you better watch out. Uh, in regards to COVID-19, it appears that the unvaccinated are not to blame. Oh, really? The unvaccinated are not to blame. Pity I could have told you that a long time ago. Another fresh one from the Epoch Times. Unvaccinated, wrongly maligned. Oh, really? Were the unvaccinated wrongly maligned? I'm surprised that they would actually admit this. It says here, a large-scale international study of those unvaccinated against COVID-19 finds a pattern of discrimination and a relatively low hospitalization rate. 
While the study's findings are limited by the nature of the selection process in which unvaccinated people opted to, in to participate, the new study suggests that those who declined the vaccine may not be the burden to the healthcare system many have claimed them to be. The study is now available as a preprint, which means it has not yet been peer-reviewed. Oh, bollocks. It was uploaded to ResearchGate earlier this month. Not peer-reviewed yet, but does not mean that it's not worth its moxie, I will say, as we... Uh, go through this article, it says the findings hold significant importance to policymakers. According to One World in Data, 60% of the world is fully vaccinated against COVID-19, uh, the original variant monster, right? The 40% who are not vaccinated against the virus have been frequently blamed for the duration and severity of the COVID-19 pandemic, even as the vaccination rates reached up to 90% in many jurisdictions. So that should give you a good example. How many people in America do you think are vaccinated? Do you think the number is 100%? No. Do you think the number is three quarters? No. Do you think the number is half? Maybe. Maybe. According to this one world in data, 60% of the world. Does that mean that it's 60% of America? No. But if you want to just slap a generic label type thing on this matter, it could be 60% of America. Most likely it's far less than that. That's why their scheme failed. They could not get even half of America to vaccinate. Ladies and gentlemen, it makes you wonder how much they got away with in uh, Canada and Australia. How many people vaccinate up there? It says up to 90% in many jurisdictions. Are we talking about Israel or what? I guess we might be. With government agencies, news media, and social media algorithms ignoring or misrepresenting the contending science around COVID-19, the unvaccinated have faced often intense pressure to get vaccinated against COVID-19. What the survey aimed to do is gather insights about health outcomes, the uh, study authors said, Choices and discrimination experienced by the marginalized subpopulation of people from diverse socioeconomic backgrounds, ethnicities, and cultures who have elected to exercise their right of refusal of COVID-19 injections. In many places in the United States, those who declined the COVID-19 vaccines have been discriminated against, stigmatized, and marginalized from society. Nurses and healthcare workers were fired, Air Force cadets were denied commissions, and family members found themselves ostracized within some of their most in intimate and important relationships. The vilification of the unvaccinated has come with the censorship of both science and personal experience. Many doctors, nurses, scientists, and other healthcare professionals who speak out about the safety and necessity of these vaccines have been threatened with the loss of their medical licenses, deleted from social media, canceled from events with their peers, and fired from their jobs. The study is based on uh, data collected from the Control Group Cooperative, which was founded in July 2021 by a citizens group in the United Kingdom to represent and connect people who elected to not get the COVID-19 vaccines. 
The goal of the CGC has been to analyze the long-term health outcomes and experiences of these individuals through self-reported surveys. According to their website, there are currently more than 300,000 unvaccinated participants from more than 175 countries participating in their long-term study. The study was conducted by Bob Verkirk, founder of the Alliance for Natural Health International and affiliate of the CGC. A team of international scientists contributed to the research. The study analyzes the data from the CGC survey from the first five months of its operation from September 2021 through February of this year. Very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting. So uh, it appears that uh, the vaccinated are curious about the unvaccinated, about the purebloods, ladies and gentlemen, that are still running around. Good to know it's at least half the planet. Good to know that they didn't quite reach their goal of, uh, what, exterminating 80 to 90% of the population. Good to know those uh, Georgia Guidestones are no longer with us Article continues, the cohort analyzed by Verkirk consisted of 18,497 individuals out of the 297,618 people who had joined the CGC by the end of February. A plurality of participants were from the continent of Europe, 40%, followed by Oceania, 27%, and North America, 25%. 3% of participants were from South America and Asia, while less than 1% were from Africa. Ages ranged anywhere from one to more than 90 years old, with most participants being middle-aged. So in this study, what was the motive for refusal? Why would they refuse participants? It says individual par individuals participating in the study declined COVID-19 vaccination for various reasons. These included past vaccine injuries, preferences for more natural remedies, lack of trust in pharmaceutical companies and government entities, and concern about the validity of vaccine study results. One third of the individuals that in the study uh, self-reported that they received vaccinations as children. That figure may be low as others may not have reported or even remembered their previous vaccinations. While some had never been vaccinated, the cohort was mainly concerned about the safety, efficacy, and necessity of the COVID-19 vaccines, not all vaccines in general. Um, discrimination based on vaccination between 20 and 50% of respondents, depending on where they lived, reported being personal targets of hate and discrimination. Many felt victimized for their vaccination status, especially those living in Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and South America. They reported that they faced discrimination in the workplace from friends or family members and from their respective state authorities because of their unvaccinated status. The pre prejudice experienced within the workplace by respondents resulted in heavy economic burdens for many. For example, 29% of respondents from Australia and New Zealand reported losing their jobs during the five months that the survey was administered. These survey results dovetail with what unvaccinated individuals have been facing globally. Those who don't succumb to peer pressure, advertising or incentivizing are then threatened with an ultimatum. Get the vaccine or get 
fired. That's what happened to Destiny Carpenter, a former nurse at Colorado Canyons Hospital. Carpenter is among one of the hundreds of U.S. nurses who have been fired for refusing to get the vaccine, as Fox News, the fake news operative, reported in September of 2021. Carpenter was uh, nominated for the Daisy Award for Extraordinary Nursing three times during her tenure at the hospital. This award is granted to the most deserving nurse for exuding compassionate care to their patients. In February, Fierce Pharma reported that more than 15,500 healthcare workers in the United States had been fired or suspended or had chosen to resign from their hospital jobs over their decision to remain unvaccinated. About 40% of respondents, regardless of age, reported that they have experienced mild or moderate mental health issues during the duration of the survey, while approximately 20% reported experiencing severe mental health issues. In an analysis of the mental health issues experienced by the cohort, the scientists noted that the mental health burden may be associated more to the human response to the pandemic rather than the psychological fear-based reactions to any threat posed by the SARS-CoV-2 virus itself. In other words, the respondents' mental health problems appeared to mainly be a result of being stigmatized and marginalized from society. So, naturally, ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up this article, a question does arise, arise, and that question is, of course, is this a pandemic of the unvaccinated as the legacy media, the shame stream, lamestream, fake news, mockingbird, propaganda, legacy press would have you believe? Or is it a pandemic of deception? While the study gives insight into the experience of the unvaccinated, it always raises questions about assertions that this group is an undue burden on the healthcare system only. 74% uh, 74 respondents out of the 5,196, that's 1.4%, who reported suspected or known SARS-CoV-2 infection also reported that they were hospitalized following infection. Therefore, outpatient or inpatient hospitalization was reported in just 0.4% of the full survey cohort. Of these, 15 were outpatient only, another 15 were hospitalized for less than three days, 26 were hospitalized between three and seven days, and 11 for between seven and 14 days, and only 10 for more than 14 days, the study reads. While the study is potentially prone to bias because of the selection pool for the survey, an infection hospitalization ratio of 0.4% would certainly challenge many assertions about the burden of the unvaccinated. <clears throat> A study published in the Journal of Public Health Management and Practice in May 2021 found an overall infection hospitalization ratio of 2.1% that varied more by age than by race or sex. Infection hospitalization ratio estimates ranged from 0.4% for those younger than 40 years to 9.2% for those older than 60 years. The study also found that hospitalization rates based on case counts overestimated the IHR by a factor of 10, but this overestimation differed by demographical groups, especially age. Most of the CGC respondents who reported that they had caught COVID-19 had only mild symptoms and were sick for less than a week. Fatigue and coughing were the most common symptoms recorded. 
Beyond the fact that they were unvaccinated, another unique trait of the CGC cohort may also be their propensity to try various therapeutics to treat their COVID-19 infections. Finally, against the grain, participants reported that they did not need a vaccine to lessen their symptoms. Most infections were mild to begin with, and many respondents said they turned to natural remedies when they did get sick. Participants reported that they opted to support their immune systems naturally by taking preventative vitamins such as zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, and quercetin. A study published in June 2021 in the journal Inflammopharmacology. Oh, I got, I got that one, guys. Inflammopharmacology by an international team of researchers from India, Italy, and the United States shows that using natural remedies is a scientifically sound choice. You don't say. You don't say inflammopharmacology. Using natural remedies is a scientifically sound choice. This study explores the immune-boosting properties of vitamins and minerals in combating COVID-19 infections. The scientists found that if administered at higher than recommended daily doses, many vitamins had the potential to reduce viral load and risk of hospitalization from COVID-19. The decision to combat COVID-19 with non-pharmacological immune-enhancing interventions may also help explain why the hospitalization rates of the unvaccinated in the study were so low. Now, ladies and gentlemen, because I see that, hey, Curtis Cross, what's up? How you doing? Hey, Wisconsin on. Howdy, howdy. Glad to see you. Sherry M., good to see you as well. Uh, questions of Ivermectin. Hey, Texas Grammy 22, good evening to you. A boneless chicken, good evening as well. Hey, good to see you all here in the audience tonight. We got a good audience here this evening. As we're coming to a conclusion of our show, guys, I see uh, Ivermectin, I see HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, right? Understood to be absolutely um, effective in uh, destroying the COVID-19 pandemic uh, partisan particle. Uh, article does address ivermectin. So let's wrap it up here. What about ivermectin? Now, this is from the Epoch Times. So let's see how true and blue the Epoch Times is. What about ivermectin? A portion of the participants reported that they also took ivermectin, an antiparasitical that has been both promoted and hotly criticized as a treatment for COVID-19, as the Epoch Times has reported. While ivermectin remains controversial, a meta-analysis published in June 2021 in the American Journal of Therapeutics states, moderate moderate certainty evidence finds that large reductions in COVID-19 deaths are possible using ivermectin. Using ivermectin in early in the clinical, using ivermectin early in the clinical course may reduce numbers progressing to severe disease, The apparent safety and low cost suggests that ivermectin is likely to have a significant impact on the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. Planned pandemic, ladies and gentlemen, planned pandemic globally. And that, as they say, ladies and gentlemen, is that. I hope you guys enjoy tonight's edition of The Sea Report coming to you this evening. I've been your host, as always, Mr. C. 
uh, encouraging you all, ladies and gentlemen, to dig a little bit deeper, get a little bit closer, find a little bit more out about that truth inside the matters of it all. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you all again for joining us. It's been a great episode on this Monday night. We did a little episode of Lawrence Lone Star News this afternoon. We did a C report this evening. There's no telling where this week is going to take us. Uh, for those of you joining us over at Rumble and or at, uh, we had Tessa, Tessa Michelle was hanging out over at Rumble. Sorry, Tessa Michelle, if I missed you a little earlier on there over there at Rumble. Thank you for uh, keeping that light on and holding down that fort. If you joined us over at Rumble, please do make sure you follow and subscribe. Make sure you give us a Rumble. Give us that thumbs up. Let people know you agree with the content I'm providing, which means it's good content, ladies and gentlemen, for yourself and for your family. Most definitely. Texas Grammy, thank you for the shades. Oh my goodness, I don't have my shades with me. I don't have my shades with me. Right? No, I don't. Otherwise, I'd pop them on for you, Texas Grammy. I appreciate that. Thanks for the shades. And also, 007, thank you. Nice job as always. Or nice job always, 007 has to say. We'll be back. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back again. Uh, stop by thecreport.com, ladies and gentlemen, so you can get a handle on the C Report and this here uh, broadcasting host, Mr. C. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Cooper Jr., you have a great night. Uh, it's always a great time. But uh, stop on in and uh, you can uh, join our mailing list. Find out more about the Sea Report. Go visit our store. Go visit our live shows page. Find out what you can find out about the Sea Report while you can. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be that for tonight. So uh, as they say, my dear fine folk, as they say, as I say, ladies and gentlemen... As you go gentle into that quiet night, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you soon. Take care until then. Have a good night. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Though victory is proof of the skills you possess, defeat is the proof of your grit. A weakling can smile in his days of success, but at trouble's first sign, he will quit. So the test of the heart and the test of your pluck isn't skies that are sunny and fair but how do you stand to the blow that is struck and how do you battle despair a fool can seem wise when the pathway is clear and it's easy to see the way out but the test of a man's judgment is something to fear and what does he do when in doubt and the proof of his faith is the courage he shows when sorrows lie deep in his breast it's the way that he suffers, the griefs that he knows, that bring out his worst or his best.
The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many who serve when the victory's near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It's the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It's the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory's nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin, unless it is proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win.